This is Tim McKessie from Atlanta, Georgia, and I'm on this evening with Bethany Ann Lind, actress. She lives here in Atlanta area, and many of you have seen her in The Walking Dead, The Stranger Things, Ozark, Mean Girls 2, Blood on Her Name, and a lot of Metro Atlanta acting and acting beyond Atlanta. So thank you so much for joining me, and please tell us a bit about yourself, how you got into acting. Thanks, Tim. Good to good to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I studied theater in college at Campbell University, um, which is in North Carolina, a small liberal arts school, and came to Atlanta about 15 years ago, thinking I'll start here and then I'll, you know, move to New York probably and be on Broadway or um, and. Then all, all this film work started coming to Atlanta about 10 years ago. And it just seemed like the, the best place to be and, and to be on the front end of it. You know, a lot of actors have started moving here, even from Los Angeles and uh, plenty of places. Um, so to be here kind of on the ground floor was a good, good thing for me in my career that I got to kind of grow along with the, the industry here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I was doing plays for a long time around Atlanta at the Alliance Theater where we work together uh, yeah. and most of, the, most of the theaters in town. And then I started doing some more regional theater, um, mm-hmm. even as far as like, I worked at La Jolla Playhouse, which is out nor- near uh, San, San Diego, oh, which was cool. gorgeous, gorgeous oh, place yeah. to be. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I've, I just started getting small roles here and there in, in film and television. And, uh, and that's led to more, uh, to bigger roles and also additional smaller, <laughs> smaller roles. Yes. Um, so it's, it's great. It's, uh, the, you know, the last year has been insane for everyone, of course, but, yes. um, we'll, we'll see what the industry does from here, but it seems to be slowly picking back up again now. Wonderful. Yeah. For those of you who are not in Atlanta or Georgia, Georgia has become, I think, the number one state for film production. Yeah. Some of those shows that I mentioned are filmed here. And many of you have seen the Bellwood Quarry, the quarry that's been used in so many of the movies. (laughs) So when you get done with this, please look her up on IMDb and see the body of work. So we're going to talk about your career. We'll also talk about stuttering in film and acting, and then also mm-hmm. stuttering in real life and how movie portrayals, theater and acting have helped change the narrative of stuttering, which thank you to you guys for helping. This is a very important cause. A lot of times our celebrities, our theater and film help to set a new storyline for things in real life like stuttering. So you and I were put together ah, like 2011. Mm-hmm. There was a play at, at Carapace. It was called Carapace, which we'll get to in just a little bit. And I was uh, asked to help coach you with your stuttering in your role, which was uh, phenomenal. I, I enjoyed it very much. Is there mm-hmm. anyone in, in, in your family that stutters by any chance? No, but I did have... I did have two friends growing up who did one in 
when I was in middle school and high school and one in college. So I did have people I was close to who who had. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They say about 5 million in America stutter, about 60 million worldwide stutter. So Hmm. stuttering is is a spectrum of sort. You can have somebody who's a covert stutterer who people don't really know the person stutters because they spend their day word, word changing and avoiding. And then you can have a very, right. o- a very overt stutter, a very physical stutter. And your character had one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see a lot of times mild stuttering is in scripts to demonstrate maybe mm. fear or uncertainty. And I was, I just rewatched portions of, of Ozark season one and mm-hmm. episode seven, your character, Grace, she stutters. And then I kept watching um, season one has a lot of stuttering. Jason Bateman really? stutters and Laura, Laura Linney stutters. So mm-hmm. not, not only is it, do you hear the person stutter, but if you put the, um, the subtitles on your screen, it'll say stammers mm. or stutters. So please tell us a little bit about huh. you know, how stuttering is used to emphasize the emotions. Yeah. Well, I think it's two things. I think sometimes it is scripted and mm-hmm. the, you know, the writers use it, whether it's a, an ellipses, you know, I ellipses, I ellipses, I, or, or whatever, um, to demonstrate, yeah, maybe fear, apprehension, also maybe a, a character coming up with what they're going to say, you know, mm-hmm. not sure of themselves and what they're trying to say so and now that you mentioned Jason Bateman I I can hear what what you're saying he does do that a lot as his character and his character is always on edge right always Mm -hmm. like trying to figure out what the next move is so that makes sense to me now that you say that that he uses that and I don't know I don't remember if it's written in or if he's that's just part of the character he's he's put on yeah. Um, and I, I know that for me, I, I, you, I just did it just now. I, I, um, use it as, as an actor, whether it's written or not for things like we said to, to demonstrate yes. that coming, coming up with the next words is often mm-hmm. what it is that the character taking the time to, um, think about what she's saying and then stops herself (laughs) so you can kind of put that in if you feel like it'll give something to that line to that moment even if it's not exactly written in to the script right i I feel like i mean for the most part you stick to the script but if it's something like that where it it is Mm -hmm. you're still sticking to the script but Mm -hmm. you're adding obviously you're adding um, the emotion behind it and all that. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's, that's definitely something we use. I was reading about tonal stuttering, T-O-N-A-L, how a mm-hmm. preacher, a preacher may stutter on purpose for emphasis, like, hmm. and, and, and down from the mountain he came. Oh yes. So you I know, grew up this, in church. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pretty cool. Um, so I understand you have children of your own. All the fans of Ozark are thrilled to find out that Grace 
uh, there, uh, you know, everyone wanted her <laughs> baby that Bethany Ann Lind got to keep her kids. <laughs> yes, in real life. <laughs> yeah. And season three has a mind blowing end. Sorry. Oh, my goodness. Pun. OK, another thing that some people know about is how many actors stutter in real life. Hmm. James Earl Jones, Bruce Willis, Emily Blunt, Samuel Jackson, to name a few. Yeah. All four of them stutter in real life. Yet, I don't think you can find a stutter when they're acting. I've -hmm. never, and I listen carefully. I have followed Joe Biden's speech pattern for 35 years. I listen very carefully to Mm -hmm. anyone who has a history of stuttering. But anyways, I have what I believe explains how an actor who stutters in real life, never actors in a, never stutters in a role. Do you have an idea? Mm. No, other than, other than practice and having the script, but I, yeah, no. What's Mm -hmm. your theory? My theory revolves around one, it's memorized. Like you said, you have your script, you've memorized mm-hmm. your script. And anything that's memorized, like I pledge allegiance to the flag, right? That's helpful. The other thing is you go into a different identity. Your identity mm-hmm. as a stutterer is not present. And in addition to these people I mentioned, and you look in their movies, you'll never hear them stutter. I've had clients in my office, children in high school, for example, who have severe stutters. And their parents will say, we've been dying to ask you. Our son was in a play last year. He had 15 really long lines. He never stuttered. We've got on video. Do you want to see it? Wow. And everyone after the play said, oh, like Tim didn't stutter. What happened? So when we go into it, like I'm Julius Caesar, you go into a different character. The identity isn't present. Like you have no reference for stuttering. That has to be it. Yeah. We know that little children will, will whisper or use a character voice to not stutter. I see it in my office all the time. So hmm. shifting identity. Interesting. Yes. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. We've seen movies that where stuttering was portrayed and it ended up being mocked and ridiculed, mm. bullying. Mm-hmm. A fish called Wanda is the one that raises my short hairs the most. Um, Mm. When the character is mocked and laughed at for stuttering. Mm. And in, in, in Stephen King's it part one and part two, the one character who stutters, I forgot his first name, but in the first, he's a child who stutters and it's a sensitivity part of his temperament. It played pretty well. Part two, mm-hmm. I personally thought it was kind of con- contrived the, mm-hmm. way, the way the stuttering was used. That's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, Mel Tillis was in the, the Smokey and the Bandit movies. Mm-hmm. Now, he was cast into the movies because of his stutter. Oh, okay. I have the book that he wrote, and he says, and this is horrible. When they were on set, 
if he didn't stutter, the director would say, cut. And they would refilm the scene until Mel stuttered. That's in his own work. I know. So his stuttering was exploited. I don't know what era, like the 70s, maybe. Yeah. So I was a child who stutters and I was about 10 or 12 years old and I was watching the, the Carson show. I really liked Johnny Carson. Mm-hmm. I liked his wit. I liked his little grin he had <laughs> and his live, his live uh, crowd is probably a thousand people. I'd have to guesstimate it was big. So mm-hmm. he had Mel Tillis on and Mel Tillis apparently had a, a farm and he had swans in his pond. So Mel is up on stage with Johnny Carson. Mel begins to block, which are very severe stutters. And he was trying to say the word swan. And as he's blocking on swan, he's using an arm gesture like the neck of a swan. Johnny Carson is biting his lip, trying not to explode into laughter. But the whole audience of adults, I was a kid who stutters. And I went, oh, I I remember the moment right now when i saw it i was mortified how can these people yeah. laugh at stuttering so that's those are some of my points is how it used to be okay to make fun of stuff mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um it's changing and we'll and we'll get to that in a minute something that was kind mm-hmm. of cute i saw on netflix the count dracula two-part series that was in 2020 Count Dracula, who was played by Klaus Bong, I think I'm saying his, na- his name correctly. So he's on a ship coming back to America or going to America. And he bites the neck of the person who's steering the sailboat. Well, the person who's steering the sailboat has a stutter on S words. So he drinks his blood. He re-enters a scene. And the first thing Count Dracula does is he stutters like the person he just <laughs> drank from. <sighs> And I thought to myself, no, you didn't. Did you really <laughs> write that in? But I, th- I thought that oh. was cute. So do, do you have any thoughts about, you know, films you've seen where stuttering? Was- I'm, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I remember, not that I can recall. I, I remember, so I was a kid in the 80s. Mm-hmm. And I feel like at that point, it was, it was probably still mocked to a degree in in Mm -hmm. culture but I feel like it was starting to be frowned upon yeah um like and like I said I have I had a friend uh I guess it was about seventh grade when Mm. when he and I became friends uh and there would be times where you know you could hear some people would um would start to mock him maybe quietly behind, you know, not to his face, Mm -hmm. but then you would see other kids who were very, um, who would stand up for him, like very, Mm -hmm. it wasn't okay. Um, So I feel like I was kind of at a little bit of a shifting point there where it wasn't, Mm -hmm. you didn't see it mocked on TV much. Um, I remember the King's speech came out, Mm. I, I feel like around when we were working together. You're right. Yeah. That's what right. uh, What did you think about that one? Phenomenal. Yeah. In fact, it was virtually exactly the time because the Atlanta Journal did an article on the two of us. That's right. And the play, and they and they referenced the King's speech. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I've yeah. listened. I've listened to the recording of King George the Sixth that's in the archives mm-hmm. of Great Britain. And King George the Sixth not only had a stutter, but he had an articulation thing. His his articulation was not clear and crisp. Mm-hmm. And Firth nailed both. It's one thing for me to speak and then all of a sudden throw in a stutter, Mm -hmm. keeping my normal register, if you will, throw in my stutters. But when you have to have a baseline of misarticulation and throw in the stuttering and blocking, I sat in awe. Yeah. That movie won four Academy Awards. That's right. Jeffrey Rush, I thought, was amazing. And I watched the awards that year, all the Mm -hmm. whole series. And Jeffrey Rush was up for best supporting in every major. But here's the thing. Um, The fighter was the same year. Right. And Christian Bale snatched Uh best supporting in every major. I watched Jeffrey Rush in the audience. Oh, and it was like, I mean, Rush was amazing in that movie. He was so good. So some people said, finally, a hero who stutters. Yeah. Right. Right. King George the sixth joined the war on Nazi Germany. Mm -hmm. That was an important moment. We all know that. Yeah. His therapist, um, Logue was the name of the character. Um, helped him prepare for that important mm, speech. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it was almost the same time. The timing couldn't have been better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, let's move into your play that I met you through. You were mm-hmm. cast, you were cast into a, mo- a play at the Alliance Theater called Carapace. A carapace is the hard external shell of a turtle or a crustacean, (laughs) which is a metaphor Mm -hmm. where somebody can have a shell around themselves if they Mm -hmm. stutter. So um, when the Alliance Theater told you, hey, we're going to send you to this guy's uh, (laughs) office, he stutters, but he's going to help you stutter. (laughs) You're like, what is, is this a prank? Yeah, he helps people not stutter. So he's going to actually help you to stutter. Wait, what? We're, we're going to yeah. reverse engineer this. Yeah. But anyways, I was so grateful. I was, I was, you know, yeah. I, I did, I didn't want to, I didn't want to, certainly didn't want to caricature anything and didn't want to um, do anything that, mm-hmm. that wasn't authentic, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I was so grateful to have you on board mm-hmm. and your knowledge of all those, uh, the different kinds and what would be authentic and yeah. um, even the psychology behind it, you know, mm-hmm. all of that was so useful. Yeah. Well, tell us how you, how you were selected into the cast and um, tell us a little bit about the director and some of your cast members. Some of them are big names outside of Atlanta and some of them are big names in Atlanta and all the, I, I want to say this right. Is it the Candida playwriting contest? Mm-hmm. Did I say it right? Yeah, you did. The, yes. That's okay. the, so the, there's a, 
Yeah, they host a Candida playwriting festival every year where they select a play by a graduating uh, master's playwriting student. Um, so people submit their plays and they choose three that get staged readings and one that gets a full production. So this one was the one that won. It was by David Robinson, who uh, is very talented and mm -hmm. a very dear person. Um, and yeah, so that was how they picked it. And then they had auditions. Uh, and my character had to be, she had to be 15 at one point, And then I think 18 and then 21, she, she, she kind of aged through the play um, as they showed the journey that the father was on. And so I, I don't remember what scenes I had to audition with. There were just a couple, I think one as the, as the kid version and one as the adult version probably. And like I said, I, having the, the friends who had stuttered, I tried to just put a little bit of them into it basically mm -hmm. when I was auditioning yeah. and tried to even knowing them and how, when they would get caught up on things, just how that affects your, their, their psyche and their, uh, how they were able to proceed. And so I just felt like I channeled them the best, as best as I could for the audition mm -hmm. While and and the audition was also they were very clear like don't worry so much about the stutter for the audition we will have someone who would he'll coach you think more about how you would play the character and what what she's like and her mental process and all that so I did try to just focus more on that for the audition and all the technical stuff came in more when when you were on board and then oh. yeah the the cast and uh, Judith Ivy directed. She's mm -hmm. a Broadway and TV and film actor and director. Mm -hmm. She's wonderful and warm and just had such great insight. And we talked to her in a, a couple years, but we we kept in touch for mm -hmm. quite a while. And she was always uh, she's always willing to you know hear me out if I'm having a question about mm -hmm. a character or my career or whatever. She's been very kind and open mm -hmm. to me. Um, and all the rest of the cast were guys. Uh, David DeVries played my father, Mark Kincaid, Paul Hester, Tony Larkin, and Joe Knezovich. I think mm -hmm. that might've been the whole cast. Mm. All great, great actors. And yes. All, all good friends of mine. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So your character, um, your father had some issues with your stuttering. He felt like he wasn't able to help you as a child and mm -hmm. he carried guilt. Mm -hmm. That played out in some of his lines. And then, you know, you would appear but you could just tell that it created pain. He had ghosts from your childhood stuttering. The thing about that is that in real life, if you have a child who stutters, it's possible for you as a parent to carry a lot of weight 
Uh, mm. It can depend upon the severity of the stuttering, how it affects the child. If you know they're being teased and bullied or, or holding back. So oh, yeah. that was something real about the play and David and the directing and everything that this relationship of a father who questioned, did he offer his child everything when she was younger? Mm. And he knew that, you know, the stuttering still bothered her that resonated I saw probably four of the live shows. I was there for the first and then the last and then two in between. But I mm-hmm. remember the on the first night, I'm sitting behind a man and woman. And when you came out and you started stuttering and your head was kind of going up and down, a couple right in front of me, this woman turns and she goes, oh, honey, ooh, that's quite a stutter. And, oh. and I wanted to tap him on the back and say, <laughs> yeah, I kind of taught her that. but no it was real it was real and we're going to get into that here in a second Mm -hmm. and that is um very typically when i'm shown a script and uh in addition i've been involved in i think six different um uh, either films or plays with stuttering and i'm about to Mm -hmm. do another one being filmed in prague or london i think but um anyways as you said, you wanted it to be authentic and sincere. And that's when, when we met, I said to you, this is like a paint, paint palette with different colors. I'm going to start stuttering in different ways. And you tell me what's your gut instinct for mm-hmm. the character, for if it's, it's a marked or pretty severe stutter, yet we could make it so profound that it could take away timing and so forth and so on. So anyways, mm. a lot of it were on plosives, P, yeah. E, T, D, K, G, J. So mm-hmm. your, your lip plosives, P and B, your tongue plosives, T, T, D, K, G, J. A lot of scripts play on plosives and it makes sense. Mm. So you had, I remember with P's and B's, uh, quite a, a, there was a you yeah. would you would breathe in a little bit and press your lips or a b- b- before mm-hmm. or a t you know t- 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 so mm-hmm. you did a fantastic job of making them consistent because i watched i think four nights <laughs> they were super consistent they were just right bethany they were Thanks. just right um <laughs> In the Atlanta Journal, um, their photograph was of you blocking, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, know. right. Yep. Is there anything else you want to add to that experience of stuttering on stage? Just hearing you say that. It's been so long since mm. I, you know, visited the script. But it mm. it's certainly one of my favorite plays that I've done. And I, I've done a good number of plays and people always ask me you know what my favorite was and Mm. I can't really choose a favorite but it that's always in the top Mm. three that I you know that I mentioned and hearing you mention the plosives and Mm. the um the inhaling I Mm. it's just kind of coming back Mm. (laughs) back to me I feel a little emotional actually Mm. it was just so uh it's just such a powerful piece and she you know, she just wanted to communicate, which we all want to do, you know, and mm-hmm. 
in as actors we're taught to um you find your uh you know you have the thing that you want and then there are obstacles that get in your way and you kind of you know know what the obstacles are to getting what you want and for her obstacle to be so clear and mm -hmm. so hard um to overcome mm -hmm. is just it was it was very powerful yeah yes yeah. when you want to advocate for yourself uh, maybe somebody mm -hmm. is harassing you and you want to advocate for yourself unfortunately you know you're having so much difficulty talking you know mm -hmm. i i I personally had had a severe stutter through college, and I, I can't tell you how many times mm -hmm. that that played out for me. Um, I'm sure. So, uh, uh, a pastiche is a work of visual art, lit, literature, theater, or music that imitates the style or character of the work of one or more other artists. Unlike parody pastiche should celebrate not mock the work that it imitates how i think you fulfilled that do you uh, sorry you froze for just a second yeah. can you repeat that last part <laughs> well a pastiche unlike mm -hmm. a, a parody a pastiche will celebrate not mock the work that it imitates oh yes right right definition oh of, i hope of a pastiche i hope so yeah, yeah, you you definitely yeah. did that. Firth Firth did that. Mm -hmm. That's the key. Uh, you don't want to mm -hmm. mock stuttering. You want to, as they say, it celebrates it. Um, yeah, there's a huge difference. Sometimes definitely. stuttering is put in, and it's very contrived. It's like, did 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 you? It's or no, it's like you can just look at it and say that person is so faking stuttering. <laughs> but um, so how is it different TV acting versus movie, um, TV and movie versus live theater? Do you ever, yeah, do you ever, when the when you're on a set at something like The Walking Dead or or in Ozark and they're like, you know. You go live. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get nervous? Did you used to get nervous? I always get a little bit nervous. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I keep thinking I'll get over it one day, but I know I, I'm always a little bit nervous unless I just don't care about the thing, which, hmm. you know, I try to do as few of the things that I don't care about as possible. Mm -hmm. um, but no. And, and now that I, when I think about it now, though, I think it's because I, I, I'm so lucky, you know, I'm mm -hmm. so lucky that I get to do this thing. And so if I'm nervous, that just makes me, that just reminds mm -hmm. me I'm alive. I'm lucky that I'm here and feel it, feel it all and yes. use it as best I can. And there's a difference between anxiety and, but, and, but butterflies. That was a good stutter on to be there for you. Exactly. Butterflies, <laughs> the way I rate them down in my stomach and Soma is like a one or two. So let's mm. pretend I'm about to teach a class. I'm going to be teaching for two hours and I'm introduced by somebody and I'm about to, you know, take over for 150 people, whatever. Um, mm -hmm. I have butterflies, which means I'm ready to perform. Mm. 
And yeah. that's somewhere in the chest and stomach area. If someone yeah. says it's like a four or five, six, seven, that's more anxiety. Totally. Um, so you've got some butterflies. It's showtime. Oh, yeah. It sounds like. <laughs> now, being in uh, Broadway or the Alliance Theater when you're doing, I don't know, could it be 20, 30 nights on a play? Is that possible? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, certainly. Yeah. yeah. To consistently produce, what is that like? That, oh, I miss it. I haven't done, I haven't done a play in three years. Mm. Um, and I, I miss it terribly. Mm. But, and obviously we all are from, no one's been on stage in a year for the most part. Yes. But um, it, I, I would say the rehearsal process is a big part of that. It's kind of like, it's kind of like, I, I would say a good analogy is that theater is like, running a marathon and mm. film and TV is more like uh, running sprints. Mm-hmm. So you're building up different muscles. Mm-hmm. Um, so the rehearsal process is a big part of, you know, building to what you do mm. want to sustain night after night. Yeah. Um, and it kind of, it kind of is the muscle memory too. You, you kind of mm-hmm. get into a groove of what you're doing. And, but again, still there's, a live audience there anything could happen (laughs) uh and so that's what that's where those butterflies come in and they often you know the adrenaline gets to you and keeps you going and but you remember those like I said you you know what your character wants and if Mm -hmm. if all else fails you just focus on that thing you remember that that you want and that that keeps you driving the train (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You know, when I, when I came down to the theater to watch the practice, mm-hmm. cast members would be, you know, just kind of sitting and then waiting for their line. And I saw a sad and awe to see firsthand how somebody would stand up and go into character like a light switch. So maybe they were having a little mm-hmm. snack and waiting for their turn. Yeah. They'd stand up. It's like, bam. And one of the things I'm so impressed with is your ability and others to project your voice. <clears throat> Coaches need to know how to do that from the diaphragm to project from the diaphragm. Mm-hmm. Otherwise they'll go hoarse. You know, so many people totally. will, go, will go to the Braves game, for example, and scream. <laughs> you know, umpire you. And they're screaming from their larynx and they can't speak for two days. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, and then, you know, when we go, when we go to theater, we know that those people woke up in New York city, maybe walked down to times square, um, changed into whatever they're wearing for the night. They're Mm -hmm. people like us. They're just more talented than me. I know that, (laughs) but it really is amazing how the art, the craft of acting, how people can just go into such an intense character, mm-hmm. like a light switch. Yeah, it truly is. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I think, I mean, we are all starving for theater. Um, I really feel for all of the people, whether they're crew members from a rock band or the people that work at the theater who seat us and take care of us to the actors and actresses and everybody else involved. Um, I saw I saw a co- collective soul here in Atlanta nice. in November of 2019 around Thanksgiving mm-hmm. in person mm-hmm. and a Christmas carol at the Alliance Theater in the very first row center. <laughs> and I'm so thirsty for play again. So I hopefully know. it's coming. I know they're filming a lot more. There's more dropping on the Netflix, as they say. Mm-hmm. A type of stuttering we haven't mentioned that I just wanted to, to mention really quickly, and this happens in real life. Somebody could have what we call a, neuro, a neurogenic stutter. So if somebody's had brain trauma or a stroke, maybe they're in a car, mm-hmm. a car wreck and their head is hit violently and they have a brain injury, it's a uni- unique type of stuttering. In my clinical practice, I've helped countless people who have had that type of stutter. Sometimes mm-hmm. what's also involved in those cases is going to court, being deposed, that kind of thing, mm-hmm. which is an opportunity for me to have some butterflies talking. When, oh, I bet. <laughs> when, when, when you're under oath and you're being videoed and sworn in and everything. But anyways, neurogenic stuttering is very interesting. In many cases, the person stutters on every syllable of every word. So it could be like, I'm ta- talking king to Beth, Beth uh, Ani, mm-hmm. and Lind. So huh. anyone out there who's acting, if it's a neurogenic stutter caused by a stroke or brain injury, that's your closest bet to how that stuttering wow. is. Now, somebody who has stuttering that is caused by sudden onset like that, an acute onset. Let's pretend the person's in their 40s and they've never stuttered. And all of a sudden, unfortunately, they're hurt and they begin stuttering. It's only a matter of weeks before they develop the emotions because Mm -hmm. their loved ones come to visit them and they're stuttering and they see the facial Mm -hmm. reaction of their loved ones or they go out to eat for the first time and, you know, they're Believe me, I mean, I've had, I've had clients, it's just a matter of weeks. So if anyone, wow. I know, but think about it, you begin to project. That's what it's called. Sure. Someone sees you stutter, their eyes get big, they're you know, trying to assist you. Right. And I know people, again, they've had no history of stuttering and they can develop the identity of a stutterer hmm. in a matter of weeks. So- that's a unique role. I don't know if I've seen that before in a movie. I'm sure it's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, yeah. Not that I can yeah. think of. Do you have any more tips for uh, people who may be, um, who are being cast into a role that stutters? Well, hire Tim, obviously. Uh. <laughs> no, I, I think, well, I think even what I was given for the audition, which was approach it from the inside first, maybe, you know, and yeah. think about just what, what it's like to live, mm-hmm. to, to move through the world um, with exactly what you just said, seeing yeah. how people mm-hmm. are reacting to you right. and mm-hmm. how that then makes you react to them and react to mm-hmm. yourself. And yeah. And thinking about that all 
all helps mm -hmm. once you get to the that, yeah. that technical stuff. Right. And sure. then thinking about that in the play, your father was distraught about your stuttering and you had a strong thoughts and feelings about your stuttering and that had to show on the stage. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, through acting in life, what have you learned about a, a human condition called stuttering? Hmm. <laughs> um, oh, that's a big question. Mm -hmm. I think there was something for me, my way in personally, but besides knowing people who had experienced life that way was knowing I'm a very just shy person generally. Mm. And so sometimes I don't have the words that I would like to have. I have a feeling <laughs> and I know I have a thought, but I can't articulate it because mm. it takes me longer to process things than mm. someone who's very quick, which you know, someone who stutters could actually be the complete opposite of that. Often they have the words and there's the, uh, the impediment. Um, mm -hmm. But for me, that was the, that was the way in was knowing that I know I have something to say. I just can't mm. get it out and how frustrating that can be. Well, I was imagine, I would imagine then that when you are un uncorked on stage, that that's really thrilling <laughs> to you. If you're kind oh, yeah. of shy nature, <laughs> but you get on the stage with the lights and, and the audience reacting to you, that's got to be a rush. Yeah, it can be very cathartic. Oh, interesting. To, you know, to get to live, mm -hmm. live some of those things out, you know. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a group called say.org that people can look up online and they use a lot of theater and acting for kids who stutter. Hmm. Pretty cool. It's so great. Mm -hmm. And yeah. Um, so I want to get into acting and I want, I want you to help me. And so I can sing like Will Ferrell when he <laughs> sings to James Conn and Elf. And I can dance like Steve Carell in date night. <laughs> so can you get me a Hugh Jackman? type role <laughs> singing and dancing is that I possible cannot <laughs> but i'll Gotta keep ask. an eye out for you i'll keep an okay. eye out i'll drop your name next time anyone asks yeah just remember person. just remember <laughs> surely that's gonna come but um <laughs> when we met and we started to work on stuttering could anyone have imagined that the president of the united states stutters that one day yeah. Someone sitting in the White House grew up with a stutter, and that's Joe, Joe Biden, yeah. of course. It tells children, Amazing. it tells children, you know, be courageous, speak up, speak your mind, debate if you need to, mm -hmm. and um, shoot for the shoot for the moon, you know, try, yeah. to, try to be your best self. Um, what productions do you have right now? Is there anything that we can see you in coming up? There, uh, no, no theater yet. Hopefully, mm -hmm. I'm hoping that'll be coming up soon. It's like coming. I said, I'm, I'm itching to do a play. 
but you can I'm in a movie called Chaos Walking that's in theaters right now. I'm I'm not I'm very pretty small part in that. I play Tom Holland's mom in a flashback. Yeah. Um and we talked about a little bit earlier blood on her name. You can uh I think it's on all the thing all the places you can rent movies. Voodoo I think you can rent it on Amazon, uh, you, okay. uh, iTunes, all, all those places. It's called Blood on Her Name. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm the lead in that, and we shot that here in Georgia. And uh, it's, a, it's a fun, quick 90-minute thriller kind of a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, those are the, the latest things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great. So again, you can, your work, you can, if you look up on, on IMDB, you can see just, I I was truly impressed. I was like, wow, you've done so much in just in the last 10 years or so. True. Since we, yeah. yeah. And, and again, you know, you just, um, movies, acting, actors, actresses, everyone is, the narrative of stuttering is changing. I want to thank you for mm. the role you did. I've listed some movies from eras that it was pretty sickening uh, to be a person mm. who stutters and to see how people, you know, mocked it, laughed mm. at it, people got bullied. So um, I hope I hope people hear this who are in the film industry um, that in the future that people who stutter, if they're, if they're portrayed in a, in a movie or a role that you know, the, uh, the whole thing is respected because mm-hmm. the impact that stuttering has on people who stutter is really, can be really, really difficult. So oh, sure. yeah, I want to thank you for your time tonight. It was great to see you again. You too. Thank you so much. And so far my fave moment teaching someone to stutter is you. Oh, thanks. So I really, I really hope that theater opens, even if it's partial audience and live streaming, right? Yeah. I think, I think it's, I think they can do that safely soon. So yeah, I'm seeing a little of it. So I hope so too. I wish you the very best and I hope to see you again soon. Same to you. Thanks so much. Thank you. Have a good good one. Good night. Good night.